0: Hi, and welcome to the Very Short Introductions podcast. From ancient Greece to branding, globalization to Homer, and logic to fashion, we'll showcase a concise and dynamic insight into a range of diverse topics for wherever your curiosity may lead you. So here is today's very short introduction. Hello, my name's Nick Groom, and I'm Professor of Literature in English at the University of Macau. The title of my VSI is The Gothic a very short introduction. Now the Gothic is extremely diverse. Um, It's a very broad field. It takes in all sorts of things from architecture uh, to literature uh, to fashion. Now, most books just focus on one aspect of this. So they might, for example, look at the Gothic novel from 1764 to 1819. They might look at uh, the Victorian Gothic revival in in architecture or contemporary horror films. This book, The Gothic, a very short introduction, tries to do everything in a very short span. So we get the whole range of the different meanings of Gothic, the whole spectrum of understanding and literature, culture, film, architecture. It's all referenced in there. Now, what really first got me interested in this uh, was precisely this diversity of the term. I grew up with goth uh, music, I read gothic novels um, as a teenager, They weren't very popular at university in those days, I have to say, and I gradually understood uh, that there was a style of architecture known as gothic, but there didn't really seem to be very much that um, connected these together, and that's really why I wanted to write this book, uh, to see whether there were um, connections. If there aren't any connections, then why is the same word um, used to describe these different areas of our culture and society? So The key aspects really, my argument, is that the Gothic means different things at different times. We go right back into classical history, and um, that's where the book begins, over 1,500 years ago, and an ancient Germanic tribe, the Goths, and they overran the Roman Empire and set up their their own Barbarian Empire, which actually lasted for some centuries in different forms. Um, And so the Goths were associated not only with the downfall of classical civilization and learning and arts, but also with the establishment of a different sort of governance and authority, and one that was associated as I say, with the Germanic tribes, with the with the north and with a very different set of values to the decadent Romans. And then there's medieval architecture, which was called Gothic during the Renaissance precisely because it wasn't classical or neoclassical. And this medieval architecture, you'll all be familiar with it. It's characterised by pointed arches and flying buttresses and ribbed vaulting. There are stupendous examples of this across Europe um, in terms of cathedrals and abbeys and even sort of small parish churches. So that's another meaning of, of Gothic, very strongly associated with the non-classical architecture of the Middle Ages. And then there's a theory of national and historical identity. Uh, which becomes very popular, particularly in England through the 16th century with English historians or antiquarians, as they're known at the time, identifying the Goths as uh, one of the ancestral races of the English. Uh, So that sense of liberty and freedom that they have in overcoming Roman oppression um, and also a love for the architecture and culture of the Middle Ages becomes woven into the story of England, the national history, and then it develops into a political philosophy. This is particularly towards the end of the 17th century, that the Whig Party, and that's the party of Protestantism, of, uh, of Parliament, of, of progress, of, of commercialism and entrepreneurship. They very much identify with this Gothic theory that the, uh, the English origins um, go back through the Middle Ages to this barbarian race who overcame uh, the Romans. And they really build a whole philosophy of individualism and, as I say, entrepreneurship, creativity, um, originality. That becomes really the driving force of Whig politics that dominates the 18th century. And from that, the literary style emerges. So there's a long prehistory before we get to what we now call the Gothic novel. That itself is a, a retrospective. It's a it, it's a name given to this um, literary style um, many years after it was uh, it was being written and being read. But it's usually considered to to begun in the 1760s with the Castle of Otranto by Horace Walpole. Uh, there are the novels of Anne Radcliffe, um, incredibly popular in the 1790s, and then moving on to works such as um, Frankenstein or um, Strange Case of Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde, um, and of course, course Dracula. So it's a literary style, which is very wide ranging. Um, It's often supernatural, involves ghosts and vampires, as well as madness and dreams, the strange and the uncanny. So that's very popular in the 19th century. And at the same time, there's a revival in Gothic architecture. So obvious examples would be the Palace of Westminster, designed by um, Charles Barry and Augustus Welby Pugin. And think of all the churches that were restored and rebuilt throughout the 19th century. Real love and attention to those earlier medieval forms. So that takes us up to the end of the 19th century. With the 20th century, we get the emergence of film, and that very quickly draws on these Gothic images, and tropes and, and, and monsters as well. So it's, it's quite easy, in fact, to, uh, to film a vampire because they are humanoid. And film really provides a whole set of perspectives, images, sort of furniture, if you like, which is then taken up at the end of the 1970s by um, the subculture, the goth subculture, which is fashion, music, a, a whole lifestyle, which has been international. And also, I think, shown uh, very impressive longevity. It's lasted a long time. It's, it's, it's lasted nearly 50 years, um, partly because it's, it's a style that looks good. Um, when one becomes old, old Goths um, can look as fashionable as as, as younger Goths. I think there's a serious edge to this because I'm also interested in the treatment of outsiders and, in fact, uh, hate crimes that have uh, been perpetrated against these subcultural groups such as such as Goths. Now, I'm not saying that all of these things are linked ancient barbarians, medieval architecture, politics, film and so forth. You know, you don't have to be an expert in vampire literature to be a Gothic revival architect. Uh, But it's interesting to me that they are all defined using the same terms. Um, They're all called Gothic in different ways. And that's the point, really. They're not all the same. They don't all share the same values or points of reference, but some unexpected links do emerge. And that's really what I want to alert readers to the amazing range and richness of the Gothic in our culture. In fact, in international culture now, it's endlessly fascinating. It's it's very rewarding. Um, And I really want to encourage people to, to go out and explore the Gothic themselves. That might include visiting churches, and making sense of the architecture, perhaps um, appreciating horror films in new ways, which uh, I certainly appreciated them in different ways having written this book, or understanding the political significance of creatures such as Dr. Frankenstein's being and Count Dracula, and really why those figures remain so relevant us in the 21st century. I think that if I've learned one thing from this is that the Gothic can help us to understand the enormous problems that are really facing us today and it is um, if you like a thought experiment or a series of thought experiments uh, that can help us make sense of climate change and environmental collapse, the pandemic, mass migrations and ultimately what it constitutes to be human. Thank you for listening to the Very Short Instructions podcast. You can subscribe to our podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify and Stitcher to receive new episodes directly to your podcast feed. All of our episodes, new and old, can also be found on SoundCloud and YouTube at OUP Academic.